0: All right, guys, thanks a lot for downloading this episode of the New Blood Rising podcast. Uh, I want to take a moment and talk with you guys here for a bit because it has once again been a little bit of time since our last episode, to say the least. And uh, yeah, I mean, to, to go through the whole thing, it would be its own podcast, its own, right? And you guys don't want to listen to me by myself that long. But... Let's just, let's just come right out with it. COVID-19 definitely changed uh, a lot of things for, for all three of us involved with the podcast. I know Charlie and Jason have had to make they've had their lives, their lives change, and uh, they're going to be continuing to change as they start to restabilize here with uh, where things are at this summer and everything and beyond. My son is standing in the window. It's funny, and the neighbors can see it, so they must think we're a bunch of crazy people, bad parents. But Liam, he, he's got good balance. You see, he can be he's going to be doing old school in just a few... I, I guarantee in a few months, Liam could do old school. But anyway, so with COVID-19, uh, unfortunately, my uh, my family had to move. We had to move. My wife lost her... She didn't lose her job. Her, her pay got significantly cut to a point where we... Um, we were forced to move because she got a new job. We're very fortunate. Like c- compared to a lot of cases, I know that we are very fortunate in that she was able to get a new job. It did require us to move. A lot of things have happened. It's been a whirlwind of the last uh, 60 days or so where we've had to move out of one house, which was is, our, is a process in its own right, move into another, get settled in, start selling one house, start trying to, uh, trying to build another all the while trying to get my employment kind of a little bit more under control again since mine has definitely changed because we've had to move it's just been a lot of a lot of change and uh, fortunately we had recorded this Ron Simmons episode uh, and so that we could have some content unfortunately I couldn't get it out as quickly as I wanted to I (laughs) I I jokingly refer to this episode when I was editing, I was like this kind of became the New Blood Simmonsocracy, which is kind of a dumb way of saying it It was like our Chinese democracy, the Guns N' Roses album that felt like it was coming out for 20 years. There was always like a monthly or yearly update like, oh, maybe this will be the year. And I feel like we've had this episode on on the books ready to go. To record it and to get it out to you guys since february i think you can go back to february with some of our episodes We're like oh yeah we got this ron simmons special we want to do and we just I, and Maybe it would have been funnier if we just kept talking about this elusive special until it finally came out but regardless we recorded this a week before memorial day which feels like just an eternity ago with everything that's happened uh, especially with what happened with George Floyd, what's happened with, with COVID, like really coming back to the, the forefront again. There's just been so many things that have changed since then. So, you know, that's why, um, that's why even our tone just feels completely different because it, it, the things hadn't really reached the worst. And we'll see if they are, if they have by this point. But... Uh, this was a fun episode to do. I just apologize for the fact that it's a little late. And I will say for you guys, when you listen to this, I say here at one point, because I was, I was thinking about this before I hit, uh, while I was editing at least that first core part, I was like, you know, I say in here that Jim Ross recorded the commentary after the fact. He might have been at the event, but he recorded the commentary afterwards. And I was wondering to myself, I was like, I wonder if that's accurate, because if he's there, they're filming this for TV. I mean, it, it, it would make sense if he actually recorded the commentary live as well. So that may be an error on my part. I've, I, I know I'm, I make them. I make them probably every episode, but uh, I definitely wanted to say it at the forefront. So I was like, man, that, I don't know. That, that one could go either way. I thought I had read though that he had he he had done the commentary after the fact. But again, maybe wrong on it. I welcome the feedback on that portion of the, um, of the pod and everything. What I also wanted to say here at the front is, I wanted to take a moment and I wanted to throw some praise down for Henry from the Raw Attitude podcast because I, I just finished the King of the Ring, Monday Night Raw super episode with Sal, which by the way, I'll tell you guys, when you listen to those episodes with Sal and Adam, those are some of the best on there. I love it. When I love doing the show, I know Martin has loved doing the show. It's just, it is definitely special with those guys when they're doing it with Henry. Those are really, really good episodes, and this one was no exception. It is excellent. It is a great episode of that pod. But uh, I know Henry's gonna be taking some time away. He has recently had a child. Uh, it is time to spend some time with a child, just and to have some family time, and I really respect that. Uh, and I really respect the run that he put in with those first 80 episodes, 80 episodes. And you know, when we started this five years ago. There were a crop of pods that came up with us. There were a few that stuck around, a few that haven't, and one of them has been has been Henry from. The ride of pods. like I'm so thankful that show has kept on going. I just thought it was important just to to throw that out in the beginning here because even with some uh, some time away, I'm, we're gonna I'm gonna I know I'm gonna miss that pod. I'm gonna miss it a lot, but you know it's it's for a great reason. And we look forward to you coming back, Henry. We look forward to the rest of your journey through the Attitude Era. It is definitely one of the highlights of my playlist when I build up a good catalog of those and I go out on a trip and I just. I just let Henry go through it because I'll tell you, and if if you're thinking about start if you're thinking about starting a pod, whether it's solo or whether it's with a group, you can learn a lot by listening to him because he takes a lot of time to prep. I know he's told you about it recently, like how much literally how many hours, but what's interesting is just the level of detail. Like Finding a moment and digging in—we have the power. I mean, literally in my hand right now, recording as I'm recording this—it's more power than the lunar landing. I know that was thrown out there years ago, but the fact that Henry uses that and is able to dig in on on a lot of these little things that happen and finding out the backstory and connecting dots—I, I just, I just, I love that pod. I, I learn a lot just in terms of not not only the content but also how to get better at doing this pod and being a better co-host to Jason and to Charlie. So enjoy your time away, Henry, and we look forward to you coming back. So with all that being said, guys, it is time to launch into this. So before we do, last thing I'll say, this episode's coming out here um, in in mid-July. We're looking at hopefully next week I say mid-July. I mean, we're this is July 10th as I'm recording this. So hopefully in a week, we're going to be able to start getting Clash 20 under our belt. I think that's our next episode here for Season 5. Now that hopefully, hopefully we've got a little bit more stability between the three of us because that's our end goal is to have all three of us recording it. So that's what we're going to try and do. So hopefully Clash 20 will be the next thing you hear within the next couple weeks after we have it recorded. It's a lofty goal right now, but we're gonna try and shoot for maybe two episodes a month. We'll see if that works out. With all that being said, thank you all so much for downloading, for subscribing. If you can, please go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, and let us know what you think of the show. Let's get into some Ron Simmons talk, coming back at you next. Mm
1: Away slot. And Vetter's got him up. Boy went over his back. Got a gun by Simmons. And Simmons, he got it in car,
2: That holds special meaning and interest in my heart, and I relive it. I can't tell you there isn't one day out of the month that I don't relive that because anybody that has been in this business, whether it be male or female, they strive to get to the pinnacle of uh, in their career, and that is becoming world champion. And, uh, and And it will always hold a special place in my heart, and you know it, 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 it continues to this day to resonate with me as if it was just you know happened last week and it holds and then not only that it holds a special place and meaning more than just becoming world champion is to have others come up to me now and say hey Ron thank you for inspiring me not only to get into this business but inspiring me to go on to do things that I've had reservations about doing in life so you can't ask for a better compliment than that and then to have purpose in what you did so I I I can't express to you enough, you know, that that means to me to hear people say that. So, it, yes, it, I relive it all the time.
0: this is special because we're all together again this is a proper season five episode here it's a special season five episode as we're going to be talking about a special event that takes place between our last episode which was the great american bash 92 and what our next episode is which is clash of the champions 20. we're going to be talking about the night ron simmons made history and he defeats big van vader and becomes the wcw world heavyweight champion I'm Willie Rankin, and here is Jason Kiesler. How's it going, everybody? Charlie Stabil.
3: Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> and before, it's, it's before so get too far. I just gotta say, I'm trying to not laugh so hard. To let people know, so Charlie's doing his own separate recording for his audio, and he wanted Will to count down. And so Will does a countdown. And like two seconds after Will says record, I heard a click, like someone was pressing the key to record, and I almost lost it. It was like that freaking and Morty where Rick like flips the switch on the left, and you hear like the switch go off, and then the other switch, and he wound up killing all those people by accident. Ang- like <laughs> <laughs> record. <laughs> I'm trying not to bust out laughing. <laughs>
4: It is a loud clicker. I should have just done the double tap.
3: <laughs> Will goes record. It's like, did it take two seconds for Will's words to get to you? <laughs> See, that's
4: what's, so. That's what's weird. Like, I'm willing to bet there is some kind of delay, like, an, on all three parts, and yet it always comes out sounding fine. I, like, that's so, what, that's the part I don't get.
0: What's interesting? So here's what's interesting, is whenever the reason it's always good to export it as a wav file is because whenever it's compressed as an mp3 and henry for example with his pod he knows exactly what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this and some of you other guys out there that do pods when you have somebody who gives you an mp3 and you have yours just in the whatever raw format on your thing because it's compressed because an mp3 by nature and you guys all know this it's it's a compressed file and that's why it, if, you know when you listen to it very closely like it doesn't sound Quite as good, maybe as a, a record or like a vinyl or a, a CD quality, whatever, because it's compressed. What it also does, though, is it's it's hard as hell to sync. What'll happen is like we'll be together and it'll be fine, and then all of a sudden, like one of us will jump, like behind ahead, and it's I have you have to trim put. It's a freaking mess. It really is. It's funny as hell. Really, whenever yeah yeah. So like that's why that's why whenever I tell you like oh if you can put it out as a WAV file. You know, that's that's better. That's better because then it's uncompressed. It's big. I mean, it's a big file, but it's uncompressed. So that's, yeah, I, I, great con. This is some great content here for season five. We're talking about the, you know, the <laughs> behind the scenes of podcasting. I hope
3: everybody's enjoying this. Um, I
4: hope you appreciate the pros and cons of the movie versus <laughs> the wave. <laughs>
3: Here's the thing: it's a podcast on the fly about a miracle moment that apparently happened on the fly. It wasn't supposed to be seen by people. So, so bring it back. Let's dig into it. So, what I want to, Jason, starting with you: what do you feel like? Like, what
0: are your initial thoughts, feelings on what we've seen of Ron Simmons? We started with Great American Bash '90. We are now at, we're now kind of in mid-year, 1992. What are your thoughts on Ron Simmons up to this point?
3: I love the. The beginning I for our starting point is here's this dominant tag team that are heels and they kind of have a couple of heel versus heel matches against the horsemen and then branch off and do their inevitable split. And here's Ron Simmons, clearly the guy that they're behind and pushing and it, it works out great. He has that, you know, that big feud with with Lex and you can get behind him and he feels like someone's there and then for some reason just kind of drops off the face of the planet for a long time with just more or less showcase matches until this, so I mean, it, I was always like, as, as when I was a kid, once Ron Simmons was fake, I was all, I, I thought Ron Simmons was cool. Um, my aunt uh, worked, I went to high school with him and worked at a car dealership and he was, WCW superstars were there giving out autographs and she got me an autograph picture of him and for my birthday and sent it to me. You know months early but it was cool it was like here's ron simmons and the cool thing is, is this was ron simmons was a good guy but clearly doom ron simmons because he out but <laughs> I, i'll take it. so it was just it was neat like uh, ron was it, it it felt like there was you know definitely should have been like a big u.s championship run or something before this but you know that's what happens when you're in wcw in the 90s they don't know what to do with
4: it. i like what jason said i think yeah, if they had planned this out, a US title run would have been a great way to kinda yes. start it up. Maybe feud with ravishing Rick Rude and uh Stunning Steve Austin. Like I, I Ron Simmons and Stunning Steve Austin I think could have had a great feud. Like it's one of those weird anomalies where it's like Farouk and Austin, yeah, they kind of feuded, but it wasn't that great. But I think the characters of Ron Simmons and Stunning Steve could have been great. Uh and that's kind of, I guess, what leads us to here, uh, where we get to see what it looks like to have Ron Simmons be the world champion.
0: So here's, here are the matches, and I'm starting with Halloween Havoc 91 because that's when he gets that first world title shot. He wrestles Luger, comes close, not doesn't quite get the belt. The next event is Clash 17. He's not on that show. starcade 91, it's Battle Bowl. You know, he's in the tag with Tommy, with the Wi-Fi Tommy Rich. Versus uh PN News and and uh, <laughs> Brad Armstrong, and then you've got Clash 18, he's with he's with Barry Wyndham and Dustin Rhodes versus, I think it's yeah it's Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton and Larry Zbysko, Super Brawl 2, he's against Cactus Jack, Wrestle War 92, he's against Mister Hughes, Beach Blast Terrence Taylor, and then. Clash 19, not on the show. Great American Bash. I think he does a promo and that's it. I think, I wonder if I, I, I'm trying to think, did did he not, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I feel, I know I'm forgetting something. I think it's, didn't he tag with Junkyard Dog?
3: There was that because Junkyard Dog came and saved him during a beatdown. Because remember the, they're really good friends conversation that we had.
0: Yeah, that must have. I missed that in there. But anyway, you guys are getting the point. When you look after Luger, every one of those matches, they they're all like like pretty forgettable. Like I mean, the Cactus Jack, that's you know, it's a it's a pretty good match. You know, it's fine. But I remember, I definitely remember that Mr. Hughes match was a snoozer, and the Terry Taylor is just a burial, like just a straight up just squash. But it's just funny that like it's. I just wanted to illustrate what Jason's saying is that you really didn't do I mean, there are three of those shows, he's not even on, he's not even wrestling. So it's like, what was going on with this guy? So this connects though with, of course, whenever there's a situation like this where you have this kind of talent that it seems like the direction is just kind of keeping so sharply, you have to look at, well, what's happening up top? Well, when you look at who's the executive vice president at WCW, so we are, we just said, we're, we're two years into this run. From It's basically July, July 90, to now we're in, you know, July, we're actually in August 92, so two years in. There are three executive vice presidents that have come and gone, and one is still with by this point, three. Yeah, Jim Hurd from 89 to 92. We had poor uh, Kay Allen Fry for just felt like a couple months in 92, and then Bill Watts after him. And Bill Watts is significant because he's the one who kind of... It's it really is the the just the perfect intersection of things. Um, let me ask you how much how much have you guys watched or even looked up or how much do you know about with like mid south with him? None. And I and I'm in the same boat. Like I know there's some stuff on the network now, right? I think there is some mid south stuff on the WWE network. I haven't watched any of it. I've I've always heard great things about if you want to see Hacksaw Jim Duggan work for real, if you want to see Ted DiBiase work as not the million dollar man, it's awesome, it's great stuff but the most prominent thing is the fact that Bill Watts, while running that, of course, and he had Jim Ross as commentator and told him, hey, I, I, I loved when, <laughs> I loved learning that he's the one who pushed Jim Ross to do all the football references because he wanted them to, to convey that these guys are real athletes and everything. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it, bud.
3: <laughs> it wasn't so, obvious. You know, <laughs> also, pushing the GPA. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if they're smart, smart to too. They're yeah, yeah. They're smart. It's a smart color. Uh,
0: the most significant thing is the fact that he pushes Junkyard Dog. He takes him and you, and really pushes him as the top star, which is significant because he's black. And that didn't happen a whole lot with wrestling promotions was to push a black star. And he did it predominantly in matches in the South. And reading some of the stories about just how rabid the fans were, were, were great. Like when the Freebirds got, you know, always can't get away from them. They're just always around. They um, There was at one point where, like, they had, they had injured junkyard dog and like it like somebody somebody was coming up to like punch him or whatever in a match and like somebody from the crowd was like like don't worry dog i got a gun he's like (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah that's what i want that's that's wrestling man. people bringing guns to protect the faces that's awesome but COVID things a blessing no (laughs) (laughs) the only reason i like the the reason it's important to bring that up is just because he's when he comes in he sees obviously some real talent or at least sees something with Ron Simmons that he can he can use and duplicate that junkyard dog like you know success that he had by doing the same thing with him and look he cro- he checks off all the he he's got all the bill he's got the bill watts checklist like he's a fantastic athlete yes real athlete at that fantastic and he's got and I mean the the thing about it it's interesting is He's not good on the mic really at all, but he's got a tremendous charisma with the fans. Like, and it's it's almost like a physical charisma where, like, it's like Luger to where, like, both those guys fire up so well. You know what I mean? Like, whenever that guy gets hot, like, that crowd just explodes. And it seemed like it was just, like, the, there was an opportunity that – and I think we notice it, like, with especially that Great American Bash, Charlie, when we did that. And he cuts that promo where he says, you know, I'm I'm going to be – I'm taking on, I'm, you know, he's basically laying down the challenge for whoever the world champion is between Vader and Sting. Mm-hmm. So, so um, that's what kind of brings us to this this moment that we're this this event. It takes place. I now here's the thing: the date on this is August second, nineteen ninety two. I can't re- I don't know if that's when this was actually taped or if that's when it aired. But I'm going to say that's probably when it aired. It was August second, nineteen ninety two. This is a freaking house show. In Baltimore that this takes place at and I told both you guys that the crazy thing is like this match isn't even on the card wasn't at all and It's really like I You know what I'll say I mean, I'll get into stuff about the booking I guess a little bit after but we're just setting the stage here where Vader has taken the belt off sting and I think on this night he's they're supposed to have a rematch for that title well, that doesn't happen because Jake the Snake comes out and ambushes Sting earlier on in the night. He makes his his first appearance in WCW and takes out Sting. He injures him, and it sets up a uh, I mean a, a a clash in no better place than Baltimore with Ron Simmons taking on Vader. So I guess at this point, let's just get into this match and just talk about it here. So Jason, to start with, what are some what are your thoughts on? on this match, it's not very long, it's like a 13 minute match or so. What do you think about this?
3: I do like a good Haas battle every once in a while, but this also kind of highlight the, the limitation of Haas fights back in the day. You know, like it is, you see a lot of punches and a lot of clotheslines. Um, and the, the test of strength bit is really cool I, I do like that because – or when they're doing that shoulder lockup because you see, like, Vader pushing back, and Ron is still higher up. So, Vader's making Ron look like he's strong as shit, um, even in that moment before everything. Um, and we get to, – just to piggyback off what you said a little bit ago, we get Jim Ross telling us that this is Colorado versus Florida State. <laughs> we got an offensive lineman. Right? I mean, like, just – and and he's by I, Jim Ross being by himself and not actually being there in the moment you know I'll give him some credit for it because he does put a lot of urgency and excitement in this match and times when there's not um, but I one thing that, that really stood out for me was the point where Ron Simmons had beaten Vader to the you know in all these different moves to the point where Vader left the ring and it's not something you think about with monsters like that leaving the ring to catch a break um So I mean, it's again, and every every offensive move Ron Simmons does, you would think it's like the 450 frog splash, the crowd reaction, and in the defense, kicking out at one from the Vader splash, kick out at one. Wait, wait, a 450 frog splash?
4: Yeah, <laughs> that would be so amazing. Wow, right. Dad, thank you for
3: catching that. Wow.
4: <laughs> I'm just picturing it. Like <laughs> the five star four fifty frogs <laughs> play.
3: Leg drop. Like,
0: the ring so Dam- <laughs> and then, can
4: you imagine Van Dam
0: hits that and he just like he just has a seizure out of the ring because he's he's selling he's he sells so bad. it, <laughs>
3: <laughs> And it still only gets a two count. <laughs>
4: And Taker's watching it. He's like, man, no, that's the one guy I never got to work with.
3: <laughs> you well, see him right there? There goes Crew ship watching he, from a he, secret bunker.
4: see him right there? He gets it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, cameraman, can you oh. see far enough up my nose? <laughs> this <Yeah>. angle? <laughs> All the underbooger, like, hanging out. Just like, hey, Michelle, right right
4: Michelle, you watching this? why
3: not hey, hey yes honey, i've got no choice because
0: this awkward setup <laughs> michelle would you like another oatmeal cream
3: pie i'm gonna go get, <laughs> i'm gonna go grab a couple little debbies <laughs> hey, hey michelle what's that say on your shirt god is dope <laughs> you calling god a dope because i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna bring the fire and fury on you the hell
4: does that mean
3: shit <laughs> But Ron That was Simmons. a little more
4: Walter Matthau. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau in the Boneyard match. There we go. Yeah. Hey, how's it going,
0: dickhead? Hey, Gus said, what's my wife's name?
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Stupid. Put the fish in the tractor. It stinks.
4: <laughs> They're in single file to hide their numbers.
3: Oh yeah! Oh no! Can't talk anything good about Kevin Spacey, Charlie. <laughs> I back.
4: know, but those impersonations <laughs> are so good.
3: <laughs>
4: what the hell is this picture anyway?
0: Hey Gore, hey Gusson and that's when he turns around and all the druids come out with Burgess Meredith and <laughs> Ozzy Davis to, to confront. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
4: What the hell is a 450 frog splash, anyway? Huh? We're just getting started, Gustafson. We're just getting started. Oh, shut up, fat
3: ass. You know what I'm going to pin you with? A pound of bacon. Then you know what I'm going to celebrate with? A pound of bacon. A pound of bacon. And i will be dead by the next scene. <laughs> because i a pound of bacon. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. Do you know why he keeps wrestling? Because of his wife, Ariel. She wants yeah. to...
1: <laughs> she was mine.
3: <laughs> Grumpy old taker is the bomb. Grumpy old taker. <laughs> <laughs> damn, 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 I can't wait till we try to duplicate our chemistry with that political thriller comedy thing we did that the name for Clip my mind with dan Aykroyd. oh my fellow americans there we go look at that, oh, that that's right yeah. so ron simmons does the shoulder block from like yeah. the way yeah. um which vader like no spells a lot of the moves in this um and jim i love jim ross says, vader not feeling a thing because at the beginning of the match vader told us he fears no man and feels no pain so you know, why would a two-inch shoulder block do any damage? Um, but I Vader is billed at 448 pounds. Yeah. And I looked up because I was wanting to find out what Andre was billed at at WrestleMania. He was billed at over 500 pounds. But they still, Jim Ross does not do justice the 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 couple times that Ron lifts Vader off of his feet for the, the suplex. The uh, spine buster, which looks like the 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 proto dominator <laughs> it just yeah. looked like he was too heavy to do the right way. So yeah. he's just like damn. Um and then the power slam, which wins the match, is an awesome looking power slam, even though Ron loses his grip on Vader at about you know about the 350 of the 450 turn for the power slam, he loses his grip on 50 powers. <laughs> Was that before or after the Frog Splash? Uh, It's both. <laughs> Everyone knows the 450 Fox Splash transcends Simon's face. Everything just stopped. Um But it's just... I'm just playing points like maybe three-quarters of the way through. Like, his arms aren't on him, and then he grabs him back, and it makes it look even better. Um, Even during the replay. It's one of those where the replay doesn't give away the move. And as soon as that happens, like, that crowd... It's like the ocean. It is loud. yeah. And it, the, the one dude, there's like, I, I watched it again to try to people watch. And there's this guy who, he's not even, you don't see him the entire time. He's just kind of creeping in from the left. And yeah. he gets in the frame right when a three count happens. And that dude jumps like seven feet. Are you talking about the kid? That's the kid. Yeah, it's the, uh, this guy. Yeah. Jumps. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about that kid. Yeah, man. This is, it's. It's an amazing reaction. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about the follow-up after when everyone gets their opinions as far as the immediate, like, in-ring follow-up. But, I I mean, you know, it it's one of those matches where the whole is greater than the sum or whatever. I've got take or talk. I can't talk right today. Um, <laughs> I
4: can't talk I'm as, as, good I'm as good as I, good was as I once was. and I'm... Right. I won't get fooled again.
0: Yeah. Yep. As good as I once was, or something. <laughs> I don't know. What ball. the is this picture called anyway? What was this
5: picture <laughs>
0: <laughs> My
3: fellow American badass. That's what it's called.
4: All right, before we put the spaghetti in the machine, anyone tell me what one of these Chewbacca things is? <laughs> You got math out reading for Obi-Wan. I'm going to take a dump in this thing.
3: <laughs> Just to, to go back on our pre-record conversation, Billy D. Williams loved to. Hey, Han, Leah. <laughs> my favorite. Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. It's Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Chewbacca.
4: Wookiees hide out in our crowd. Well, sorry. Wookiees <laughs> stick out in our crowd. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So I've been sitting on this desert planet for thirty years, waiting on Ron Simmons to win the world heavyweight champion.
4: <laughs> we get the uh, WWE network out here.
3: It's amazing! I, I just get a new email once a month. I haven't had to pay for it. I've had it since day one.
4: <laughs> Imagine if WrestleMania was held at that at that area with uh, with the festival.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, what's your name? No, she wants to know what are the people that you come from. Wait, why are we asking so many fucking questions? Wait, what's your problem? <laughs> Leave me alone. don't talk to you. It's a little it's intrusive, that's nice. all I'm saying. It's, it's, it's like, very everybody's
4: intrusive. Everybody's
0: <laughs> a little nosy in Rise of Skywalker. Two people are like, no, wait, I don't care if your name's. Uh, who, are you, who are you with? What's your last name? We need to know this. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. i
3: offensive. <laughs> Taker. I'm a numerator. <laughs> tell me your last name. Is. I got to kill you. This county's going to need a hospital. <laughs> I'm the next movies for guys who like movies, but didn't like this movie. <laughs> um.
0: So Charlie, tell me, like, what are your thoughts? Like, like, uh, you know, on, do you think, I like, guess what I want, what I really, what I wanted to ask you specifically was like, do you think there's too many power moves early on by Ron Simmons to where, like, maybe you're wondering, like, you're not it, – maybe it takes away from – I'm just – this is devil's advocate a little bit. Do you think it takes away from the power slam in the end because you're like, dude, he fucking spine-bustered him just a little while ago?
4: I like that Ron Simmons's whole offense seems to be strong grapples. Uh, <laughs> it, long wait, A presses? Yeah, long A presses because it, it, it's – I actually think it benefits the match uh, because, you know, it's like I don't want to see someone put Vader in a wrist lock, you know, and (laughs) and and Ron Simmons seems like such a like a long shot to win the world title at a house show. So I like the psychology of I'm just going to hit him with every big move I have, uh, uh, you know, be damned if I get gassed. Uh, I don't think it takes away. I think it's a nice, I think it's a nice build up. That spine buster is incredible. It yeah. actually looks like he completely lifted him on his own. Um, like to see so- someone toss Vader around like that, that gets really something. I, I love the way Vader sells Ron Simmons's punches. he's, uh, he's, he's selling them like, like he's getting just hit in the head with a sledgehammer. You know, like it, it really does a good job of showing the power of Ron Simmons, and like Jason pointed out, it's really cool that Vader gets knocked out of the ring, uh, yeah. pretty early. Uh, it's it, it shows that oh man, Ron Simmons could do this. Um, the crowd is raring to go like right from the beginning of the match, and and I did not know until a couple of days ago when Will you told me that Jim Ross recorded this commentary after the fact.
0: Yeah, it's crazy, and
4: that, that blew my mind because it is so seamless. So Joey Styles used to do this in ECW, and it never sounded this good. It sounds like JR's right there. His his excitement almost matches the excitement and the crowd at the right spots. You know? Uh, and it's, I, it's not I like there's be... this disconnect.
0: And I wouldn't be surprised if he was at the. He saw the event live, so he could really dial into the moments when he's watching him again later. You know what I mean? Like, cause sure. like, it is. It's it. But it's like you said. Like, if you didn't know that, your listeners like, man, that's like he's right there. And uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. The only reason I ask about the power moves is because it is weird that like he basically like smokes Vader with like a ton of big power moves early on. So it's like. Man, like he kinda dominates him. <laughs> it's kind of funny in a way, because like usually these matches go where like the big monster guy's gonna really dominate for a while and then they finally they slip on the banana peel and then the the baby face makes the comeback.
4: This is one of those great examples of a WCW match where uh, one thing I like about WCW matches to a point is the unpredictability that, that could happen. Like it's not like the face is in control for the first five minutes and then the heels in control for the next 10 and then they go for a finish, uh, where the, where the, it's not like that. So there's this air of, uh, unpredictability to the pinfalls. That's really cool. Like if I had been watching this for the first time as a kid, I definitely would have thought the second rope splash that Vader does was the finish. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it it looks great. It's it's like that's a move no one's kicking out of, and the response that Ron Simmons gets for that kick out is so great. I mean, just very cool, and I love the spot with Ron. Although it's kind of stupid, but I do like it anyway. Ron Simmons doing a sunset flip to Vader. Yeah, it's
3: <laughs> it's, it's, I, I, it's
4: yeah. Like, you know, it's 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 like if the one two three kid tried it on Yokozuna. Right. Right. It's it's right. just like, why would you do this? Or anyone who does a 10-count punch to Undertaker. Or, or if you know?
0: Yokozuna tried to do it to Mae Young.
4: Yes. Yes, yeah. that, that classic encounter.
3: <laughs> um, well, you don't powerbomb Billy Kidman either.
4: No, you don't, don't powerbomb Billy do Kidman. Don't do it. His, his, he's a very heavy 180 pounds. Yeah,
0: <laughs> He's got but. a 500-pound heart. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Jesus! <laughs> so, Ouch. Yeah, it, it beats once a month. <laughs> like you should probably see a doctor. Um, it's uh, it is absolutely one of my favorite finishes ever, uh, because it reminds me of a finish I would do with action figures. Yeah. Um, like it it has an action figure finish kind of feel, and I I like the the one thing that's bizarre about it is. It seems like Vader is a little hesitant to do it, to do the power bomb, like cuz he, you know, cuz he has to lift Ron completely over his head so he can land on his feet. And and Vader just waits like just a little too long. I think uh, in in kind of driving the move home, like cuz you know, it's one of those things where he takes so long to do something, it's like this is going to lead to something. But that power slam is so cool looking. How he basically like Jason said, in the 350 portion of the 450, uh, <laughs> he kind of just lets Vader go for a second yeah, and and just kind of pushes him down with his hands. And it looks so cool. And the three count is phenomenal. This is probably in my top 10 greatest moments in WCW history. Like it's, it's such a, it's one of the greatest feel good moments in all of wrestling. I, I get, I get chills every time I watch it. And a big reason for that is that kid that uh, jason pointed out that kid comes like way out of nowhere i think he's about halfway up the hard cam and he runs from his seat to the guardrail before the three count hits like the kid just books it and it's it's great i don't think this is a 10 of course but i it's definitely a, a solid match i have i've i watched it twice today like it has great rewatchability. i'm a big fan yeah, and I mean,
0: like, it, when it gets down to it, like, the the finish works. Like, it does, it it looks it looks kind of rugged, looks kind of raw, but, like, at the same time, it's like, the guy's over 400 pounds. I don't expect to have it be the most beautiful-looking power slam in the world. I just want it to look like it would take take him out. So, yeah, it's, because when I was going through and watching, I was like, okay, what are the different ways this thing could have gone? And, and, you know, of course, the, the classic way is, well, you do Hulk Andre, where he goes to the body slam early doesn't work and his back hurts the rest of the match. Right. That's a lot of times what happens when the small guy wrestles, the big guys that they, they try to do something. Obviously they can't lift the guy. And, but what's great is like from jump street, he gets that belly to back suplex. And it's like, Oh man, this thing's on. This is on. Uh Yeah. It's, it's, it's neat. Just listening to if Like just listening to the crowd as it goes through, if nothing else, and just kind of even tuning out Jim Ross for a second, just listening to the crowd the way the crowd is in on this, and I think this kind of does tie into like, and I think this is an interesting fork in the road. You can look at it one of two ways. Like it's very savvy on the one end by Bill Watts. You book this in Baltimore. Baltimore has a very heavy African-American demographic, very heavy population there. Of course, of course, this is a great setting for, which would this work as well in Greenville? No, no, it wouldn't. But, um, you also like i and i don't know if this was a standard practice at the time if they did this only so often or whatever but when you only have the adults pay to get in you have kids get in free awesome great that's that's a blast for a kid to be able to go to wrestling like that and like it doesn't doesn't break the bank necessarily for the family that's great so that's why that place is just so jammed and it's so loud and then the fact that like they they do that switcheroo and they bring Simmons out as a surprise to Face Vader it's savvy now here's here's i want to see what you guys think like if on the one end it's savvy because like yeah it's an amazing cultural it is a cultural moment i don't know like at the time i i i do not remember at the time how big this was if it got outside of wrestling you know what i mean like if it if it reached a point where like you know you got people that are non-wrestling talking about it i guess my question is do you think this do you think this works the way they did it, doing it at a house show that would be a TV taping, or do you think it should have been done a different way, thinking, of course, you could probably still get the same pop, but do you think it's this was the best way to execute it?
3: Uh, I think so, because I was thinking during Charlie's review of it be, uh, about how it doesn't have one of the things that Charlie absolutely hates, which is bad officiating. Because it or, wasn't.
0: Or I was going to say, Vader comes out with an Orioles cap and tries to get a. <laughs>
5: <Orioles>.
3: <laughs> I got to get him on my side. You know, so. <laughs> the Cal Ripken Jr. is under the uh, Vader mask. I feel no pain. Go Orioles.
4: <laughs> and then he starts doing the tomahawk chop for some reason. He just, oh, he, no. He, he has no idea where he is.
3: Uh, I've been in japan. i I only know tom selling for baseball i've been in japan for, like, <laughs> uh deep cut folks anyway but there's no bad like there's no over ref acting because it was a house show i think if this was was a tv match there would be some form of ref shenanigans and it kind of i think that would take away from it um so i mean for me it works i mean Cool. And it's also this is still, you know, this is also kinda early nineties, so house shows were a thing. Like you weren't you weren't expecting weekly pay-per-view quality TV shows because of Raw and Nitro. So things like that would happen at house shows. You just see people suddenly have different belts. So
0: I don't know if you get the world title flipping though. That's what's wild about it. Is like and and I'm still wondering if this was a mindset back then of like, okay. If we do this at a house show, does that mean then that everyone's going to be excited to come to house shows because they're like, look at what they can do at a house show? They may flip a title. And then, of course, if it's on TV and it's on – I don't know if this – I forget how this was broadcast, if this – what show this ended up on on WCW Weekly Programming. But it's like, dude, you got to watch a TV show. Why? They flipped the bell. Somebody won the world title on TV this week, which
4: – go ahead. Oh, I, was go ahead. Just gonna, I was just going to say, Well, the only one I can think of uh, – well, I can think of two. I remember one time going to a house show, and there was a title flip, but it was like a TV title or a US title, and I was like, "Wow, you never see that!" But then on the very next Nitro, the title was back on the other. I guy. know
0: what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Is that Benoit Booker won T? the TV? Benoit won the yes! TV title. Booker T.
4: Yes, that was it. And I remember just being stunned as a kid because I'm like, "This never happens on on these <clears> types of shows." Now the only other minute. one I can think of is Diesel. Yes, I Diesel,
0: Diesel
4: mention- beat. Yeah, he beat Bob Backlund at Madison Square Garden at a house show, and always, which that's not a, it's not a huge deal because the match was only eight seconds, uh, and they aired it on the following Raw like really quick. But it was always still like, wow, the longest reigning champion of the '90s won at a house show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I and and that's why I wonder. Like, do they do this because they they think like it will bump up how shows because people are gonna want to come see potentially Possibly. something happen? Yeah. And the funny thing is, it doesn't really work. Like, obviously, ninety ninety five is not like is. And I'm not even talking about the content. Like, the you know the content is is judged the way it's judged by a variety of different people in podcasts. But the business is not very good in ninety five. So that's why, like, I I, I was wondering if. If the if the houses were the same after this, if there was any real fluctuation in the houses after Simmons won the belt, at least initially to where people were like, well, dude, like, hey, dad, we got go to go. We got to go to the wrestling match. Well, why? Because they Simmons just won the world title. So maybe somebody else won. A t- I don't know. I, I mean, it's it. I remember back in the day, like, you know, when people would tell me about like, oh, yeah, the house shows were the thing like the TV was just a way to boost the house shows. And that's it like that was the whole thing was getting those shows in the middle of the week versus those TV ones. You would see those are the ones you wanted to jam pack. Now, obviously, by the end of the decade, that's it's a whole different. It's a completely different business at that point. I I was just wondering, like in my mind, I'm thinking. What if they had slow, they had slow burn this like, I mean, Charlie, you and I talked about like the best thing they could have done was have Simmons come out at the end of Great American Bash and do a standoff with Vader and it gets you pumped. For that feud in the future, so it'd have been like, wow, okay. So what if we had, what if we'd had them lock horns at Halloween Havoc, and it'd be so neat because for a couple of reasons. One, it'd be one year after Ron Simmons got so close to winning it, just to fall short. And again, he's up against a guy that's with Harley Race.
1: Hey, it's the
4: franchise Shane Douglas, and you're listening to the New World Rising. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what I was thinking, like, that's the alternative. And I don't, know if it, I don't know if it comes off any better. This is kind of a perfect moment, not a perfect match, but a perfect moment.
4: But yeah. just think about
0: the alternative. I, uh,
4: I wish this had been on a pay-per-view. I, I, I really do. But I don't think I would trade it in hindsight simply because it wouldn't have been in this building. Uh, this is one of those matches, like Hogan and Rock at 18, where a big reason why it's so successful is because of the crowd. Uh, because I, and and we've seen enough shows from this season to, to see that the crowd isn't always good, you know, like they're not reacting at the right time. Like they don't get super excited, uh, over anyone seemingly other than Sting. Uh, it sucks that this isn't, that this wasn't broadcast on television and, but the, but honestly, that's the only problem with it. Uh, like, this would have been a really interesting storyline had this been broadcast on television where Sting is supposed to fight Vader. Yeah. Jake Roberts makes his debut. Jake Roberts, one of the biggest wrestling stars of all time, makes it his debut at a house show. Like, it feels like the only thing they forgot was a camera and, and a live feed, you know? Because yeah. it's like, who makes a debut at a house show? And so on that level, no, I, w- I wouldn't trade it uh, simply because really – it really just comes down to that kid. <laughs> like like uh, that kid is just phenomenal. <clears throat>
0: um, I think what's interesting now though, is what the follow up to this, because I mean, it's uh, I'll give you a quick spoiler here. And I actually was incorrect. I told you guys who he was wrestling. I was wrong. It's actually somebody else Re- uh, at um, Clash of champions. 20 is our next is the next pay-per-view or, or next show. Next show we'll be doing for season five he's taking on Cactus Jack. For the belt? And, yeah. Ooh. And I'm like, and it's interesting cause it's like, okay, so I want, this is the thing about, I, I often think about with, with guys like Watts and then even like what we saw last year with Kofi, it's like, cool, this is a moment. It's a great moment. What do you have planned after? And then that's when these that's when everything kind of comes apart because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of good planning. And it's cause it's weird. Like you have Sting, like, you know, he's he's trying to get back at Vader. He gets injured by Jake, so now they're gonna go off and feud. We'll see what Vader does here for a little bit. But it's like it it's like they almost don't leave anybody for Ron to feud with. And it's like, No, we need somebody to feud with Ron, that's really good. It'll help bump him up.
4: Yeah, it probably should have been Vader at Clash. Uh, just to have put that match on uh, on a legit show like when, if you YouTube Ron Simmons versus Vader of course this match is the first one to come up but there there are other matches yeah so yeah. it's like so, so they did meet up a couple of times i'm just excited that we get to cuz i didn't know that he was defending A clash that we get to see Ron Simmons defend the title
0: yeah
4: like like that that would be really cool to see
0: yeah it's just a bummer that, like, from uh, from all accounts, because I, I remember a, f- a few years back talking with Mooneyham. I was like, Mooneyham, what happened with this? Like, why didn't this last long? He's like, the houses just weren't good. They weren't good. It, it was not a draw for him. And I often wonder, like, it's – I mean, Ron Simmons brings an impressive skill set. Is he great on the mic? No, but, like, let's face it. How many guys are really great on the mic? There's not a lot. There are a couple guys that do some good work. Repo Man at 92 Rumble, fantastic promo. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a great promo. But not everybody's that that gifted at. So I mean, I'm not gonna say like, oh, go, because of Ron Simmons promo skills, they nobody wanted to come see him. It's like, no, it's just maybe it's like the 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 plan wasn't all that well crafted to where it's like, let's put some let's put some badass heels up against this guy to really build him up. We'll see though. We'll see how it actually well, I I'll be curious to see how that clash match Goes. um It's definitely, unfortunately, it's not the. It's not the main event. It's of like tucked not. in the. It's tucked in the middle of the card. I'm like, oh man. It What's feels the main like event? The main event. Let me pull it up here real quick. I'll tell you because I had it, just for a moment here.
4: Yeah, because on paper that sounds good enough to be a main event.
3: Oh, oh well, but well, the well, beat like Cactus <laughs> Jack, the man who ignores pain,
4: and yeah. is
3: an unstoppable machine sometimes.
4: Unless you're Van Hammer. well, the greatest we football player of all time.
0: Yeah. Here, here, here you go. Here's, here, here's why it's not the main event. It's an elimination eight-man tag match. Big Van Vader, Jake Roberts, Rick Rude, the Super Invader. Taking <laughs> on.
3: One of these things is not like right.
0: Taking on Nikita Koloff, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers.
3: Oh, my God. Oh. If it wasn't for Super Invader, that would be awesome.
4: <laughs> I know it's super. Well, indeed. who's playing Super Invader this
3: time? Is it still Hercules?
4: <laughs> look, that's not sweetening the pot. I know. No. I was just <laughs> like, wow, Jay. They got. They just threw. They put everybody in there. They needed. The, everyone had to get a paycheck. Yeah, that's.
0: Based on matches. the number of matches, because there's only and those clashes are not super long. They're not like like an like, hour and a half, right? There's only five matches on the card. So you know that thing's going like 30. Is that an
4: elimination match?
0: Yes, yep. elimination eight-man tag.
4: That could take an hour. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Really...
3: Super Invaders out within 10?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a pretty good card. The first match is for the TV title. It's Steve Austin versus Ricky Steamboat.
4: Oh, hell yeah. No
0: disqualifications. Now,
4: now that's a great feud. Yeah. Uh, I, I've, that's one of those matches I'm looking forward to because our – our season finale is one of my favorite encounters of Steve Austin, and it's his match with Steamboat. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be great.
0: Yeah, and then another tag. Here's a weird tag. Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes versus Butch Reed and the Barbarian. You know why Butch Reed's there. I mean, you know exactly where that's headed. He's going to have to have a match with Ron. That's just... Yeah, that's yeah there it is. Because, you yeah. know, that, that last one went so well. The Doom! <laughs> it explodes
3: oh my god (laughs) you got teddy long kind of turning doing that little teasing Miss elizabeth pose holding them both back (laughs) oh god
4: (laughs) wait a minute so uh so ron simmons picks up teddy long and runs him to the back
3: (laughs) he just (laughs) we we need a doctor gonna need some help back here Butch Reed, actually, Ron Simmons leaves his hand on his buttocks a little too long while he's off Butch Reed's shoulder. You've got lust in your eyes, Simmons. <laughs> oh my! plus gosh. years later, there'll be a, a dark side of the ring, Ron Simmons, Butch Reed, and Teddy Long, the triangle that shouldn't have been. <laughs> Somehow Hulk Hogan's wife ex-wife will be there. Teddy Long was in our hotel room in Florida and he just kept going and visiting some other guy. And every time Butch Reed would call, I'd say, Oh, he's in the bathroom.
4: (laughs) Bradshaw play the part of Lanny Poffo. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) yeah.
0: But yeah, that'll be that that's gonna be a fun that that'll be a fun show to watch. That's what's the Clash shows are the things I look forward to the most because like you know I, I when I always think about the purpose of a Clash, it's like this is the time where you really you're gonna find your new fans hopefully on cable like they're flipping through. That's why Jim Ross like they you can Jeez, tell by the yeah
4: yeah yeah the first WCW show I ever saw was a Clash. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and that and that's what got me hooked.
0: And you can tell by the commentary like they always act like they're introducing it for like the very first time. Like and that's and it's cool. Like it's it's actually really good in that respect. Remember, I mean, I forget which clash it was where it felt like there were like twelve matches. Like they were like, all right, here we go again,
4: and it's all over. (laughs) Each match was like three or four minutes. You're like, oh
3: god. Here's our roster. Find someone to root for. Right. Exactly. But you guys got anything else for this thing
0: with Ron here?
3: Nothing. This thing, with this thing with old thing with Ron. Ron here. What's yeah. It? Yeah. With the tagline for Captain Ron? It's, thing with <laughs>
0: <Randy>. <laughs> it's a cool moment. I mean, it really is just an unbelievable moment. It's probably like the the best single moment of our season, probably. I mean, I'm I know there's still plenty of ground for us to cover, but I just don't know if anything's that as you said, Charlie, that feel good as that moment.
4: Yeah, and with Jim Ross's commentary on top of it, Simmons has won the title. Like, like uh, it's, it's, it's such a great one-man commentary performance, uh, and it's, it's Jim Ross like at his finest. Yeah,
3: love it, love
4: it. It's a perfect. But you mean date.
3: to tell? You mean to tell the perfect day? You mean to tell me this doesn't? This has more overwhelming emotional impact than Sting and Nikita Koloff hugging in the ring. <laughs> Oh yeah, Wrestle War. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, guy, yeah. I've just decided to make you on our team, but I don't know if I can trust you yet until we <laughs> embrace in the game. Now oh, you will.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
0: Jason, you, I think he you. I think, I think
3: earlier you wanted. Did you want to talk about the wrestlers who come in the ring afterwards? Hey, that's okay. So it's. Ron Simmons wins, and it's within a few seconds. There's Billman, Z-Man, Barry Wyndham, Dustin, and Van Hammer. (laughs) Yeah, Van. (laughs) And, And it's like, and it's not. The only reason I'm calling Van Hammer out is because the rest of them like are are hugging him, and and like Dustin, like you know, have this thing embraced. Brian Pillman for some reason keeps rubbing the champ the title on Ron Simmons like it's his Buddha belly, um, and Van Hammer just grabs his head in like this weird lock and is like trying to just if ha- if hammer it up and like or hammer it up I don't know but it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just like it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> that's right everyone's favorite heavy metal artist. Fucking Stevie Ray Vaughn. <laughs> but oh god, just the uh, the I, like, and Jim Ross goes and all his friends, but don't those like all his white his? friends? I yeah. know I was thinking the same thing. I was trying to tiptoe around it. <laughs> just like, That's
4: yeah. what I'm here for, Jason. I call it in the ring. I just want to yeah. see okay. Jason
0: tiptoe period
3: <laughs> I, like, <laughs> yeah. i'm not greg Bloomberg. i'm not dying for no reason over here <laughs> anyway the uh the, the the thing is like it, it would have been kind of neat and and really in, in the moment if no one knew like if teddy long would have ran out and hugged him you know even like it's still like you could still be upset but like if you to really hammer in the gravity of the situation and the emotion, um, and also when they cut, like we were talking, Will, about the the fans' reactions and stuff in the shots, and when I went back and really, it was like watching it to watch that, I was like, man, there certainly are a lot of white women <laughs> rooting for Ron Simmons when he's winning, because they're like, yeah, 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 I mean, you would have thought it was a Rick Rude intro, the way they were going. Um, <laughs> but, hey, thank you, but it, uh, it's it just... You know, it really it does, it makes something stand out that that there weren't any other African American faces at all. Yeah, give me the the
4: black scorpion shit,
5: you know.
0: Charlie, I just keep imagining you saw you said, I know you watched last dance. You remember that Pacers fan that lady who was just like like out of her oh,
4: mind? All that nutcase. <laughs> the Fuck the yeah. Long, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the fans from Forget Paris. Yeah, like <laughs> Like, this one's like, you fucking asshole. Yeah, like, How could you ever get into sports this hard? Like, I I, I just I just don't understand
3: it. You know? Uh, I haven't watched The Last Dash yet, but I hear Sandman's in it. In the locker room. They're in, like, the, champ- the Game 6 championship celebration. Wait a minute. Our yeah.
4: The Sandman?
3: The Sandman. Yeah. What?
4: I, I don't
3: the room for some. There's pictures online. Uh,
4: Leon, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jerry Seinfeld are back there, but
3: uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, it's Jerry Seinfeld, and the Sandman. Well, it's one of the best
4: parts of the doc. Coming up like, next what? on TBS Yeah, <sighs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like Michael. What did you do last night? Oh man, I went and saw the Man in the Iron Mask,
3: and, <laughs> and yeah. I really hated it. That's made me. I don't feel too good. I'm a big Three Musketeers fan.
4: (laughs) I like Charlie Sheen. I love Oliver Platt. Yeah, Oliver Platt. Go King, go!
0: Yeah, what's funny is you look at the Baltimore crowd and it's so like it's so happy. It what's funny is you want to see the direct opposite. Go look at the Utah crowd after Jordan drains that shot. They're all just
4: like, oh, it's it's great. It's 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 so satisfying. Uh, Did you see that? uh, Okay. (laughs) Did you see that interview uh, where, that they posted this morning the, of Carl Malone talking about Michael Jordan? Because it's like you know they keep talking about it, but he's never in the dock. Right. And right. they they they'd interviewed him a year ago, and he's got like this this Uncle Ben beard, and uh, he's he's got a cigar, and and he just God, he just he doesn't come off the way he comes off in the dock, Like when he went on the bus and shook Michael's hand, uh, he he sounds bitter. Yeah. Um,
0: all I'm gonna say is he probably. Go look up some stuff. It's not great about Carl. Not- you
4: oh, that? oh, oh! Just I'm say stuck. it. Just say it. Yeah, because man, <laughs> no, I only I'm learned just, that like a month ago.
0: I mean, it's. I mean, because well, part of it is like I, I, I need. I need to go research it because de- you know this at the same time. Like I want to make sure I've got the whole story. You know what I mean? Because. I, I hate I, I hate speaking in half truths like just cause something pops up on Twitter because there was so much stuff popping up during last dance and a lot of it was like, Why isn't Carl Malone in here? And then people started chiming in like, you know, and they were repeating oh. a lot of the same stuff and it was like, Okay, kinda makes some sense. Um then again, I I, the, I don't know. I I don't know like after I know he tried to go with the Lakers and then after he retired, it's like he kind of vanished from the limelight a little bit and i guess that's you know, some of this other stuff happened i don't know
4: so it's safe to say he's not going into the wwe hall of fame
0: that's why i was in shocked that he wasn't in that 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 rodman doc right
4: they, i wasn't yeah, I, I think that's when i found out about his past because it was it was so glaring that he wasn't in that in that little wwe network doc that i looked it up and i was like oh
3: Wait, 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 wait. What, what? So wait, Malone's not in that at all. The man with the worst limp arm clothesline I've ever seen is not in the Dennis Rodman talk on the WWE Network. He's not interviewed. Is,
0: is, is that what he's just mean?
3: not? Yeah, he's just not interviewed. That's insane because that's like one of the biggest mainstream matches ever.
4: Yeah, and it's it's actually so big that they talk about it on Last Dance, Yeah, uh, which is really yeah. cool.
0: Yeah, more uh, throwing wrestling under the bus is always fun. I love when they... I, yeah, I, I not you? I, I love Costas' just, like, just his ire. He, well, and, he hates uh, Vince McMahon. I, 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 and what's funny is, like, this is, like, years before the, the XFL thing,
4: where you just right. sort of slap him around and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pal. <laughs> this looks fake to you? This looks fake? bro. <laughs> Let's make a talk about it. We'll call it Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs>
3: you don't own that, Vince. I don't. I'm gonna buy the Vice channel. All they have is reruns of Dark Side of the Ring and shows about weed etiquette. Get out! Of here.
0: Well, I think we've I I think we've reached the end of our content. <laughs> yeah, I have
4: no idea how we got here. How did we get here? Oh well, man, clearly,
3: we were born. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what is life? That's right, and then they drew, like, the three guys who were supposed to do the podcast got hurt, so they drew all our names out of a bag, and now we're here in Baltimore winning the World Heavyweight Championship.
5: What we the, didn't rank.
3: Eat with a starship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Spock. I'm Spock's other sibling that some reason is not talked about, like his adopted sister, Michael. Sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> I just realized my movie That's has my a favorite. problem.
4: Wait a minute. I, I have found a plot hole. Excuse me, <laughs> pardon me. I had to go. <laughs> oh,
0: well, guys, we will be coming back with uh, Clash 20. We'll be coming. Uh, we'll be coming after this, and then we'll be going on a run of some season five stuff. We'll be coming back to the Perfect Tens, but it's nice to kind of put them on ice for a bit. We, I don't. It it cannot become who wants to be a millionaire. Who wants to be a millionaire was awesome. You know what it was like when it was like on for a week and then it was gone for a while, but then it became it was on every week and it was like. Eh. I don't care as much because it's always there, you know. So, yeah, they ran it into the ground, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then
3: started the maximum prize was five hundred thousand dollars, but it was still called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire because you had to mm. win twice. Yeah, that's that's do you
4: remember how just,
3: big? Do you remember how big The Weakest
4: Link used to be? Yeah, there you go. That show wow. was huge. Do you remember the WWF episode of The Weakest Link?
3: Oh, they were was two. Oh, that's right. There were two. Yeah. Right. There was the one Kane dominated and there was the one that Austin dominated because he said bank after every right answer someone got <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's a very right. good strategy. Right. And we, uh, for years, this is before I really started investigating Canadian culture, but me and my friends would make fun of, we would go, because uh, there was a question about Thanksgiving and what, I was what holiday is in October? And Booker T said Thanksgiving. And we'd all make <laughs> Until so we learned that there is a Canadian Thanksgiving that's in October. That's true. That's what was like. Booker T should have went Canadian dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, there will be more perfect tens in the future, and we're just gonna keep trying to raise the raise the quality with them. They're fun to do, and it's just fun to re- really try and do new things with them as well. We're gonna have another announcement. So, they'll be coming out down the road and everything. So we've got all we're really thinking about the pod thinking about new things to do with the pod and just make it uh, as uh, as much fun as possible from the season 5 that we're in but in the meantime please continue to follow us on Twitter at newbloodpod run Facebook newblood rising podcast hey please hey you want to do something cool leave a review that'd be cool because you know what if you do if you drop one of those five stars and you write something about us even if we suck we'll read it sure let's read it on the air it'll be fun so you know if you want to talk about your best of luck spot, best of luck spot moments of your life or whatever type it up there
3: we'll we'll read it it'll be fun bank <laughs> that's right we'll call them the 450 fro- frog fast five star reviews <laughs> there it is
0: that's what it is perfect so um you can also you can i i am i am on twitter though at william Rankin 83.
3: i am the jason Keesler. And I am at CM underscore Stabs.
0: We'll see you guys again for Clash of the Champions 20.
1: Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! (laughs) Goodbye, my friend. That's the goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're gonna be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.